Have you ever noticed that oftentimes when people in the public eye don't have more important things that they think they should be working on, they often do silly things instead? This is true for your local magistrate, and it's true for your typical actor, and we learned that this applies to cardinals of the Holy Roman Church as well. But they do have more important things to be working on, at least according to themselves and their own itinerary. As we prepare for the coming Church Synod on the Clergy, the Vatican has released statements about what it is going to focus on, and while the Vatican prepares for that Synod, outside groups are providing input on what that should look like in their own minds, anyway. All while the highest-ranking Vatican representatives do silly things in public. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Let's get into this. Let's start with the fun part, the silly. The Vatican issued a statement the equivalent of sending thoughts and prayers to the circuses of the world on World Circus Day. Cardinal Peter Turkson, head of one pontifical academy for the concerns of the world or another, issued a statement saying he hopes that we can all go to the circus soon for unbridled joyous experiences. Seriously. Cardinal Turkson issued a statement on behalf of the Vatican invoking the Good Samaritan and reminded the jugglers and animal handlers of the world that the Vatican is close to them. This story took me aback a bit, and I don't know why, other than just how silly it is. I mean, I get it. Watching a clown on a motorcycle ride on a high wire while juggling bowling pins is pretty cool, I guess. But this is just silly, coming from the same people who are partnered with Caesar on oh-so-many-and-so-important tasks right now, including the real story of the day. We got an excerpt on what is coming for the Synod on the Clergy. Now buckle up for this, because... They acknowledge that they've been in the business of changing the church for some time now. Quote, The sacred and the profane in Christianity are outdated categories because with Christ, God's presence among us, the sacral religious model of the ancients is outdated theology of the sacraments and the liturgy is an area that must be reproposed together with the theology of the priesthood. Thus, the symposium will help to understand the present uncertainty with the clergy is not only of vocations or individuals, but affects the ongoing transformation of the whole church as a body animated by the lymph of the spirit. And mostly, quote, What does that mean? What is the lymph of the spirit? What does the priesthood in the church need to undergo a process of change? The press release invokes, by Cardinal Ouellette and a lay theologian, the concept of synodality. And therein lies the heart of the change that is really at stake here. The leveling down of the church, from a church with an obvious hierarchy rooted in the divine reality to something more reflecting the concerns of Caesar and the world. Cardinal Ouellette says in this, quote, As Vocation Sunday approaches, and within the framework of the church's research on synodality, I have the honor and the joy of presenting to the public the project of a theological symposium on vocations. Pope Francis has often repeated what he said in 2015 about synodality. The path of synodality is a path that God expects from the church of the third millennium. This expectation of God and of the Holy Father may seem abstract at first glance, but when we consider it from the point of view of vocations, it takes on a very concrete content. Synodality basically means the active participation of all the faithful in the mission of the church. It describes the united march of the baptized towards the kingdom which is being built on a daily basis in the realities of family, in the workplace, as well as in the social and ecclesial life in all its forms. This requires a life of faith and close collaboration between lay people, priests, and men and women religious for the proclamation of the gospel to the world through the attractive witness of Christian communities. This expected growth of a synodal church certainly corresponds to the orientations of the Second Vatican Ecumenical Council, which are still being implemented with a more profound theological and pastoral comprehension. End quote. 
I love the implication there that where he says that the church basically didn't really do these things before Vatican II, the church of the new advent and the new springtime. And now apply all this logic to the clergy, though, and what are we left with? As the lay theologian who contributed to this release says further down, a return to a conversation about the clergy and the demands of Caesar and the world on the clergy, meaning the church should be open to adopting the requests from the world on clergy that they have no intention of listening to anyway. They're not going to listen to our clergy on the gospel. They're not going to listen on the reality of living a life in our blessed Lord, not about sin and our duties to one another, nothing. So why would the church listen to Caesar? I couldn't even begin to tell you, and that's the thing. I, who tries to think like any typical Catholic from a better period in church history, does not understand why the hierarchy does what it does now, and why they feel they need to just give in and give and give and give and give to Caesar on every imaginable thing, while at the same time they seem to have given up on the Great Commission altogether. Everything that we are told that we should consider changing about the clerical state is on the table. Everything. It's amazing to think about. But that's not all. Because while this is going on, the Jesuits and all the typical folks in the church are taking the opportunity to push for more changes to the liturgy. On Monday, I told you about a Jesuit asking for an end to the traditional Latin Mass, and now the key Jesuit is calling for more changes to the liturgy. Did it in the same piece, in fact. So it's time to go further into that piece by Pastor Tommy Reese of the Jesuit Church, because at the root of his call to close up the traditional Latin Mass is, you guessed it, synodality and the leveling of the church. Remember, I often talk about the what approved mystics and noteworthy Catholic thinkers of a bygone era all called the ape of the church, which is an ecclesiastical structure that would mimic the church but not actually be the church. That may be just what we're seeing here. Well, let's see what Pastor Tommy has to say on this. Quote, In a previous column, I recommended that the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments in Rome update the process by which it considers liturgical questions. I argued for more transparency and consultation in keeping with the principle of collegiality promoted by Vatican II and the principle of synodality promoted by Pope Francis. The purpose of a transparent and collegial process is to develop good liturgy that is supported by a consensus within the community. End quote. A couple things here. First, it's never a good thing when clergy or members of the hierarchy write something for the typical layperson to read that sounds like an internal memo for some parks department somewhere, or the Department of Motor Vehicles, or anything like that. But second, what he is saying here is that the liturgical norms should be influenced by the laity, and that is a clear break from the history of the church. That's not really surprising, all things considered. Pastor Tommy's calls to make the liturgy more quote-unquote relevant to geographical concerns. No longer would the Roman rite of the church be more or less universally recognizable to the Latin rite Catholic no matter where he went to Mass. Now it would be completely different from place to place. Aside from the fact that a papal bull written by Pope St. Pius V actually makes it impossible to do what he is asking and attaches excommunication to what he is asking for, what he is asking for is for the further decentralization of the church. To take as our model Henry VIII's church and how it is functionally different anywhere you go. One of the greatly underappreciated things about being a Catholic is that if you are in Tokyo or in enter a Latin Rite parish, the Mass is recognizable. You can follow along fairly easily. Once upon a time, because it was all in Latin, except for the homily, the Mass was truly identical anywhere you went. But even still, with universal rubrics for the liturgy, a Latin Rite Mass is a Latin Rite Mass, whether it's in Tokyo or Dublin or Perth or Buenos Aires. But what the goal of many here, is an exp as expressed by Pastor Tommy, is not only to end the traditional Latin Mass, but also to make the Mass unique to each conference of Catholic bishops, if they so choose, to make it geographically relative. This is the same thinking that was enabled in Sacrosanctum Concilium to allow the new Mass in order to be more 
open door separated brethren and a younger people. Neither of which turned out to happen, by the way. Not that the innovators really care, because what they want to do is continue to establish the ape of the church. Now, I could go on and on about this. The synod on the clergy will be fun, like the Pac-Man Mama synod before it. These synods always allow the innovators to be most open in their talk than they would otherwise be, so when it happens it will be a big event, and one worth paying close attention to. It isn't happening until February of next year, which is all the more remarkable, because while there was definitely talk about the previous synod months before, it wasn't like this nearly a year in advance. So keep an eye on this as the story develops, and let me know your thoughts on this in the comments, please. And like, subscribe, and hit that bell. It does help. And please, as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.